chapter 3, verse 14, the Apostle Paul is actually beginning a prayer. And he prays for the church at Ephesus, and which is a good prayer for us to pray as well. But we wanted to just look at the beginning of this prayer in verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So we bow our knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God is a Father. The book of Hebrews refers to God as the father of spirits, meaning that God has become your spiritual father because you have been born again. Jesus said in John chapter 3, he said, you must be born again. Well, in that passage where he said, you must be born again, he said that which is born because Nicodemus was asking a question And his question was, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And the answer is no. But Jesus answered, he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So your spirit is born of the Holy Spirit. One translation says it this way, flesh fathers flesh, but spirit fathers spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives birth to your spirit. The moment you hear the gospel and believe that gospel, the seed of God's word has produced faith in your heart. You believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel is the power of God unto what? Salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He said that the gospel is a power of God unto salvation. So when you hear the gospel and believe that gospel, the moment you do, the Holy Spirit creates in you a new life. And you are, what the scripture says, born again. Praise God. And uh, born, one translation says, uh, reborn from above. And one translation says, refathered from above. In other words, God became your father. God became the father of your spirit. Now, if your, your spirit is born again, that God is your father, and your spirit is born of God, and the scripture says that uh, you're born of love. When you're born of God, in, in 1 John chapter 4, it talks about being born of God and born of love. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. So your spirit man, your inner man has been born again, born of God or refathered from above. And your spirit is filled with God's love because you are born of love. Did you get that? All right. So God is the one who instituted the family. God is the father of the whole family in heaven and in earth. So God is our father. Because we put our faith in Jesus. But God started the family with Adam in the earth. He started a family with Adam. God created man, Adam, right? Created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So God created male and female. What did he say to them? In his own image, created Adam and Eve in his own image. And he said, now you be fruitful and what? Multiply. So he said, be fruitful and multiply. So in other words, you are to procreate, you are to have kids. Which means that you then have a family. And so a family is made up of a father. God put a father in the family. Made up of a father, a mother, and of course the children that they bear. So God created or instituted the family. 
And the father is a part of that family institution that God created. God is the author of it. God had a good idea. And the devil, of course, would like to confuse that idea. He would like to mess it up and has done a real job of that in our society. There's a lot of confusion in our society and a lot of brokenness in our society. And this is not to condemn anyone in the room. I mean, uh, a lot of people have been without a father in their life. And a lot of people have uh, not had a father that was present in their home or in their family. And that is a very uh, painful thing. And uh, there's a lot that people miss out on when they are missing their father. Uh, as a uh, young man, my father died when I was eight years old. So I was without a father. My mother never remarried. And uh, so I never had a father in my, uh, in my life, you know, after that time. And my father was sick prior to that time. So really, I didn't have a father most of my life. But thank God, God is a good father. And I met Father God, hallelujah, and I, re, I, I have uh, come to understand him and know him as a good father. And God is a good, 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 good father, amen? And uh, he's been good to me, but nevertheless, there were a lot of things that I missed and a lot of things that I didn't have as a result of not having a dad in my life. Well, my father didn't forsake me in the sense of he didn't just leave me or abandon me. He died, and he went to heaven. He was a Christian. He was born again, so he went to heaven. And, uh, but yet, I, it would have been nice to have a dad. That would be pretty obvious, right? But people have had all kinds of pain in their life because they didn't have a father in their life, or their father maybe forsook them, divorce situations, and uh, lots of pain. That's real, Right? So, but yet, we still believe that God has the best will. And so we don't just uh, forsake the good and the plan of God and say, well, it just didn't happen. No, it can still happen. In other words, God can reverse the curse in our life. God can turn things around. God can heal us. He can restore us. And what we didn't have, we can give. In other words, he can equip you or enable you to be to your children what you could never be, uh, you never had in your life. God can equip you because the devil will easily tell you that you can't do because you didn't have. You can't be because you didn't have someone to be that to you. And so the reality is God can do something in your life that enables you to do what you could never do within yourself. But God, by his grace, can help you to be a good father. Praise God. Or a good grandfather. Oh, come on. Or a good great-grandfather. Praise the Lord. So, and then, of course, if the devil can't whip you in that area, he'll talk to you about your failures. He'll tell you how you failed to be a good dad or you didn't do enough and you see how you messed up. And so uh, the devil is always trying to shame people over their past and their failures and their, uh, you know, whatever they didn't have and didn't do, the devil would like to tell you that's who you are and that's your identity and so you just need to give it up. But I can tell you it's never over till you draw your last breath and when, that's, and when that happens... Then you go to heaven, so it's still not over. Praise God. So never look at your life as a failure. I can't change history, but I can, I can change my future. And that is by the choices I make today. So, you know, the Bible is full of people, uh, you know, stories about people that were perfect. No, 
That's not true. The Bible is full of stories about people who failed. It's a lot of stories. I mean, the heroes of faith. If you read uh, what we call the uh, Hall of Faith in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Man, if you read the stories about all those people. I mean, read the Bible stories about those people. They were not a bunch of perfect people. They were a bunch of people that made some big mistakes. And let's just say they sinned. They messed up. But God and his mercy and his grace... I mean, if you consider uh, David, you know, man, he just committed adultery on his wife. Then he sent, you know, with, you know, committed adultery with Bathsheba. Then, then he sent her husband out to the front of the battle so he'd be killed. And God still had mercy on David. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that's what you need to do. Because David suffered a lot. I said, if you know the whole story, David suffered a lot. Come on. And uh, so I don't want to get into all that. I'm just saying, you don't want, you don't want to think, oh, well, that's cool. God will forgive me. I'm going out tonight. You're an idiot. I'm going to tell you the truth before you leave here. All right, so I said I was going to preach. All right, so. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking giving you a license in. Nobody needs one. People do it against the license and the law and everything else. They do it against God's law of love. But so what I'm just saying is that if that is your history, whatever your history has been, God's mercy. I mean, it lists Samson. You know, he messed up. Yeah, he killed more Philistines in his death, but he died. Right? He didn't have to die then. No. Abraham, he lied about his wife. He said, not my wife. Save his own skin because he thought he was going to get killed. So he just lied. Hey, my wife, she's beautiful. Then, you know, God got on the king, got mad at the king because he started messing around with Sarah. He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? I mean, he, come on. So Abraham lied. David committed adultery. Man. And then you got Samson. He's a womanizer. He says that with all of them. And God had mercy. Just don't stretch it out too long. All right? I, you have to sell, tell both sides because some people, they just take anything. They say, woohoo, give me the line. They, they want the fishing pole with the line and go as far as they can go. But sometimes the line breaks. But Holy Spirit wants to reel you in and help you to know He wants you free from sin. But if you've been in it, He wants to set you free now. Praise God. And He is a restorer. So my point is this in saying all of that. My point is this, that God is a restorer. I mean, in Adam and Eve, their kids, Cain kills Abel. I mean, you got problems in the family. And so the devil said, well, you, you know, you messed up. It's over for you. Your kid's never going to be right. I'm going to tell you, your kid's are going to be all right. Praise God. Because I believe you've done what God wants you to do. My first point of this sermon, and I'm trying to get to it, my first point of this sermon is that a father loves his children. So you love your children. 
You love your children when they don't do everything right. How many have had to love your children when they didn't do everything right? How many glad you had a daddy or mom that loved you when you didn't do everything right? Right? They loved you, but thank God for the love of God. All right, I'm going to go to uh, Ephesians chapter 5 so you know that I'm giving you a scripture for this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Ephesians 5, verse 1 says, Be therefore followers of God as what? Dear children. Be followers of God as dear children. And then the next verse says, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. He said that we are to follow God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also. Just like Jesus loves us, just like the Father God loves us, and the Father God loved Adam, when he sinned, the first thing God does is he goes to talk to him. Adam! Hey! Hey, Adam! Where are you? It's not like God's blind. God knew where Adam was. It's not like God didn't know. He's all-knowing. He knows, he knows it all. He knows what Adam did. He knows where Adam's at, but he's asking Adam, Hey, Adam, where are you? Because he's looking for Adam to come and repent. So, you know, God was looking for Adam when he was just messed up. I mean, just sin. Now, God loves your kids. And God loves your grandkids. And so if we're going to do what? Uh, let me just read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Amplified Bible says it this way. Be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. Be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example. Now his example is as soon as Adam sinned, he went there to restore. His example is he sent Nathan the prophet. To David, when David has just committed adultery, now he sent Uriah out to battle in front of the battle because he knows he's going to die out there. And so he gets him killed, and Nathan shows up, the prophet. He tells him the truth. But with the truth comes deliverance. I mean, you're glad for the truth in the middle of your mess. Thank God. So God really was endeavoring to restore David and did restore David. And it says about David that he fulfilled all the will of God. I mean, he messed up in his life, but he still fulfilled the will of God. That's a pretty amazing testimony. He still fulfilled the will of God. In other words, you may have messed up. Your fatherhood may have not been the best. In other words, you had, maybe you didn't do the best with, with your children, but thank God for his grace and his mercy. Maybe your parents didn't do the best for you or with you, but thank God for his mercy. We can start a whole new generation. Hallelujah. In other words, if God has given you grandkids, you still have an opportunity. You have an opportunity still with your kids. You have an opportunity still with your grandkids or your, or your great-grandkids. Just know that there's still hope. I cannot change my past, but I can change right here, and I can change my future. You can't change your past. Everybody in the room has failed. There, uh, thank God for the best family, but I tell you, even in the best family, there's a little bit of dysfunction. Look at your neighbor and say, I know it, honey. All right, so. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. So we are to imitate God, and we are to love our kids when they're not doing the best. Perhaps they're not making the right choices in their life. Glory to God. You just keep loving them. 
Because a father loves his children. Number two, a father leads his children. If you'll go with me to Proverbs, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 6. In Proverbs 6, we're going to begin with verse uh, 20. Proverbs 6 and verse 20. It says, My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of, my, of thy mother. Keep your father's commandment. Don't forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and, he, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. In other words, your parents have spoken into your life, or you've spoken into your children's life, and those words come back. I'm very glad those words come back. I'm glad they came back to me as a teenager. My mother was a godly woman. If anybody knew my mother, you know she was a godly woman, and she was not just a Christian at church. She was a Christian at the house. She was a real deal anywhere, anytime, no matter where you put her. Whatever situation or circumstance she was in, she was a real Christian. So I had a great example in my mom, even though my father passed when I was a kid. So uh, she was a great example. And the law of my mother, I can tell you, spoke to me and talked to me and led me and kept me. It's amazing grace. Now, I made some mistakes. I did some wrong things and, uh, and made some pretty poor choices at times. But the grace of God, there were certain limits, I believe, the Holy Spirit put his hand on me and helped me to know there are certain things I am not going to do and you're not going there. And the Holy Spirit was always faithful. And what does it say? When you go, it'll lead you. When you sleep, it will keep you. And when thou wakest, it will talk with thee. When you wake up, the Word of God's talking to you. For the commandment is a lamp and a law, and the law is light. The Word of God, the commandments of God are light to you. And the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. In other words, when I didn't, you know, was tempted or I was in the wrong setting, wrong situation. I know the Word of God came up on the inside of me and the truth that my mother taught me came up to me and it told me the way of life. It gave me light and it showed up. And one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is he said, I will bring all things. I will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And really, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to bring to your remembrance everything that I've said to you. That was the Holy Spirit's ministry. One of the things he does is he brings to your remembrance everything that Jesus has said. Now, when you teach your kids, no matter where they're at, you know, my mother said, you can't always watch your kids. She had 10 of them. And my father died, and we still had four at the house, and I was the youngest of those 10. So, she said, you can't always watch them. In other words, you don't know everything they're doing, but you know somebody that can. Hallelujah. You know the Father God, and God can watch over them, and God can keep them. God can preserve them, and God can and, and protect them, and God can talk with them when you can't. 
How many are glad for the Holy Spirit? He goes where you can't go. He does what you can't do. If you do your part, you say the word, train up a child in the way that he should go, Proverbs 22 says. He said, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Praise God. So when you're praying, oh, I know my mother prayed. If you knew my mother, she prayed. If I was doing good, she was praying. You know if I wasn't doing good, she's praying. I came home one night. I tell you, I came in real late. I was a teenager, you know, trying to be cool. I came in. My mother was in the living room. It was a quiet walk from the front door because my mom was in the living room with her face in the couch praying. And she was no doubt praying for me. So it was a, it was a quiet walk to my bedroom. But, you know, just as soon as I walk in the door, the Spirit of God, conviction is on me. I see my mama praying. I know Holy Spirit. Listen, I, I don't have it all figured out, but something, something was happening in the room. Conviction was in the room. When I walk in the room, because God's in the house. Praise God. So, the Holy Spirit can convict your young people, can convict them when they're 25, away in college. The Holy Spirit... I mean, the Holy Spirit can keep them and preserve them. I'm preaching real good. Thank you, Jesus. Because you love them and you teach them. You lead them in the way that they should go, and you teach them the way of life, and the Holy Spirit will bring that to their remembrance. Number, uh, number three here, we're going to talk about Father teaches and instructs his children. Go with me to Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 6. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody in the room can apply the truth that you're hearing. Praise God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, we're going to go to verse 4. Or verse, I'm going to go ahead and read verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. In other words, I'm going to give you these commandments so that you can do them. I'm going to teach you so that you can do it. So the Word of God is uh, doable. Uh, be ye doers of the word, James says, and not hearers only. Verse 2, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God and to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee. And then he says, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life that thy days may be prolonged. So he said, now, these commandments, you're going to love the Lord your God with all your heart. You're going to uh, obey the commandments of God. You're going to keep the statutes of God and then you're going to teach them basically to your children. You're going to teach them to your son. You're going to teach them to your son's son. You're going to teach them to your children, to your grandchildren. And it's going to go to the next generation. I'm going to glad for the next generation. It ought to get better. I said it ought to get better. Praise the Lord. And it can be better. 
Rather than looking at the past and saying, well, we're a failure, it's a failure, things have gone wrong. And No, you say, no, I'm living from here and the future is bright and it's getting better every day and every night. It's getting better every week and every month and every year. And the next generation is going to have it better than myself. Praise God forever. Well, it's a choice. I understand it's a choice that they have to make, but I can tell you it can be better for them. And I am I'm living testimony of the grace of God. I believe that I'm enjoying some of the heritage of my mom because of her faithfulness to God. A lot of the blessing that I've enjoyed is not just that of my own. It is because of her faithfulness, and she sowed into my life, and so therefore I'm enjoying the benefits and the blessings as a result, and I'm thankful for a godly mom. Now, this is Father's Day, but you know, i got to relate in my situation. So thank God. Thank God for the grace of God. I mean, you know, a, a single mom. That ought to give you mom's hope in the room. Thank you, Jesus. All things are possible. I said all things are possible. Thank you, Jesus. So he said that you teach it to your son, your son's sons, and, they, and then they keep the commandments of God and that their life would be blessed and their days would be prolonged. He said, hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee and that, you may, that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that flows with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. He said, this is your attitude toward God. Thank God you're, you can love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, everything in you. You can love God. And he said, these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt do what? Teach them diligently unto thy children. And shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Risest up. In other words, you could, you're going to talk about the Word, no matter what. You're going to talk about God in your whatever setting. You're not always quoting five verses, but you're talking about the principles of God's Word. You're teaching them the Word of God. And you say, what does the Bible say about this in a life setting, a life situation? What do we do here? What is the answer? God always has an answer. You're teaching them the Word of God when you're walking by the way. You're teaching them the Word of God diligently, talking to them when you're sitting in your house and when you're walking by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. He's Said, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And uh, for the Jewish people, they had them, and they still do it. It's a box in, in their uh, forehead, and they have scriptures in that box. On their arm, they have that uh, tie, and that always stays before them. In other words, they're keeping the word, like you put it on your walls at the house. Let's keep reading here. He says, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. In other words, you put a, a scripture on your wall. What is that? Just to remind you of the word of God. Not just to be a pretty picture, but to remind you of the word of God. It helps you to get the word inside of you. Meditating on the word of God in whatever way you can do so. You're getting the word in your heart. What did, you say? what did David say to the psalmist? He said, I hide the word in my heart that I might not what sin against thee. 
And he said, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, houses full of good things which thou fillest not, wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. And when you have uh, eaten and, and are full, he says, Then beware that thou forget not. Forget Thou forget the Lord. Don't, don't forget the Lord. And, 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 and go on. But I, I've got to uh, stop there. You understand? When you come into these blessings, you enjoy these blessings, don't forget God bless you. You know, you don't want the next generation to forget. You want to teach them. You want to train them. You want to share with them. You want to teach and instruct your children so that they have the Word of God on the inside of them. And that Word will talk with them. That word will speak to them. That word will lead them. That word will guide them. It will keep them in the day of temptation. Now, when it comes to your children, you want to train your children. You want to teach your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. But I'm going to take it a little outside of the box here. And I'm going to use Donnell Donnell's as, a, uh, as an example. He just told me just recently there's an Indian family that he, he had relationship with, and uh, they're Hindu. And so he just went to a wedding. He and his wife just went to a wedding recently. And uh, when they went to this wedding, it was an Indian wedding. It was a cultural, obviously, Indian wedding. It was totally an Indian culture wedding. And he said he ate curry for three, three or four days. Yeah, he, he, wanted, he wanted to come home and eat something else after that. So... But, you know, Indians, they, they eat a lot of curry in their food. So, so anyway, he had this relationship with his family. And this young man, these they were both doctors. I believe the mother and father were both doctors. And uh, this young man had gone off to college. Brilliant young man. Very intelligent. Very smart. But very smart people can do some really dumb things if, if, if they don't have some... Uh, guidance in their life and so the parents had tried to help him but they asked Donnell to talk Donnell to talk to him right am I right all right so he he actually went to talk to the this young man he was in college and he was playing a fool right he was just starting to want to mess around with the girls and, and uh mess up his life I mean we love girls but you got to love one. Right? So here he is. He, he's seeing, Darnell's got this uh, relationship with this young man. He's already developed a relationship. So it's not just always the father or the mother. Sometimes somebody else could have a relationship with your children that could talk into their life, speak into their life, where you are, are, are losing some ability to communicate with them in some situation. And, and here they called on him, and he was able to talk to that young man and get his head straight, help him get his head straight. And he just talked to him straight, right? Talked to him very straight. You, you got to you know, basically keep your pants up, boy. All right, so <laughs> All right, so I mean, I'm I'm ad-libbing a little bit here, but basically, he's just telling him to keep his hands off. And so he just went to that wedding. This guy rides in on a white stallion for his bride. 
And he saved himself for this one bride. What a testimony. Listen, everybody wants a virgin. They just don't want to be one. Yeah, well, that ain't the way it works. I want her to keep herself, but I want to have all that I can have before I get her. Now, so you got to teach your children. I mean, actually, the proverb that I just read, if you keep reading, it's really about living a loose life, teaching your kids how to, you know. So he was able to help that young man, and that, that instruction and that correction and that direction saved him from who knows what. Now, he's a neurosurgeon. I don't want nobody working on my brain that don't have no sense. <laughs> you be real smart and be real stupid at the same time. So, get your hands off. Yes. So, it's not always the father that can speak in to a child's life or a teenager's life or college student's life or person's life. But so no one is without a job here. In other words, oh, well, this is Father's Day. I, I, I don't have any kids. Nope, you still got a job. Because think about it. What about the grandfathers in this house or in this church that could speak into a young life that actually doesn't even have a father present in their life? I mean, this young man had a father and a mother that cared for him deeply and dearly, right? But he still needed, they still needed some help. Well, think about the single moms that don't have a father to help their kids. We need to be conscious and aware of those young men or young women that need somebody in their life that says, you know, I'll help along this way. Just make sure you do it right. Don't get squirrely in it. In other words, you're not there for her. You're there for them. I got to tell people the truth because people get squirrely in their ideas. Amen. No, you're there to serve those kids. You're there to be a blessing to them. You're there to sow into them and help them. So God is not leaving you out of the picture. You could be a blessing and you could save a young man's life or save a young girl's life from a lot of heartache, a lot of mess, unnecessary foolishness, destruction in their life. You say, yeah, you know, David, David, he got back. But you know, everybody didn't get back. And they paid a lot of price. Sometimes even when they did get back, a lot of times they paid a very difficult price before they finally showed up and said, Lord, I need to get it right with you. In other words, give up their heart and their soul to God again and say, Lord, I'm repenting. I'm going get it, to get it right. Listen, it's not worth it. The world's not worth it, I can tell you. Sin's just not worth it. Sometimes people go further than they, wanna, uh, uh, than they can find their way back home. They don't, they don't know how to get back home. But God doesn't want anybody to suffer like that. God's commandments are not just so you can't have fun. God's commandments are so that you preserve your life and it's there for your blessing. It's there to help you to have the best life possible. Praise God. So the devil's messed up the family, but thank God for the family. There's still hope. Can somebody say there's still hope? Thank you, Jesus. 
Next one is a father mentors and models for his children. Let's go to the book of Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles 17. And verse 3. Verse 3 says, And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat, because he walked in the first ways of his father David, and sought not unto Balaam. In other words, he didn't listen to a false prophet. He sought the Lord, he sought to the Lord God of his father, and walked in his commandments, and not after the doings of Israel. Here's the king. He could be influenced by the people and succumb to that. Or he could, be succumb, he could succumb or he could submit uh, to the prophet. And the prophet's wrong. The people are wrong. But he said, no, I'm going to serve God. And I'm going to leave these people to God. And I'm going to walk in the ways of my father. In other words, his father had mentored him. His father had modeled to him. And my wife and I, we went to counseling a few years ago. And you say, did you need counseling? Yep, we needed counseling. We needed some help. And so we went to counseling. And, and uh, you probably need some yourself. <laughs> I can tell by the look on your face. All right, sir. And so we went to counseling. And we figured out, you know, we're, I'm... What we're in the late fifties, and and uh, so we figured out that we were influenced more by our parents than we realized. I mean, their model to us influenced us in our thinking more than we knew. And so, you actually, the model of your parents probably influences you more than a lot of things that they said. So. Uh, in that process, here we are, 50, late 50s. I am. She's, she's saying, don't, don't, don't take me too far. All right, so she's mid-50s. I'm uh, late 50s. And so, you know, you got to be smart, you know, as a husband. So, so, so we figured out that. In, in, our, in that age, we're figuring out how much we were influenced by the model of our parents. You'd like to figure that out a little earlier. Like, save your children. We could start Save the Children Foundation. Praise the Lord. Because so, they get the, br the brunt of what you learned from your, your parents or what was modeled to them. Now, you're doing the same to your kids unless you made some adjustments. Now, we thank God for the good, but you got to face the bad. And you got to face uh, the issues of your own life. You say, oh, but then there are people, they just like, oh, it's my mama's fault. Yeah, you can live like that and die like that, but you're not going to succeed like that. Uh, it's my mama, always blaming mama, always blaming daddy. It's their fault that I'm this way. <laughs> you're never going to get healed or restored blaming somebody else. You can face it, but don't just blame, because blame is not going to help you to be restored. So, oh, it's my mama's fault. That's just a cop-out many times. It's my mama's fault. It's my daddy's fault. I'm slowing down on purpose. I know his time's up, but anyway, just don't do that. 
because that's a trap. So whatever issues that I have, I have to deal with. Whatever I got, whether it was good or bad, I got to deal with. And so as a child of God, there is hope. There's hope for my future. There's hope for my kids. There's hope for my grandkids. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, Danny and Susan, man, just, the, uh, you know, they've taken kids into their home and their family that are like their kids. And the fruit of it is amazing. It's amazing. It really is. It's amazing. And to see that and to see the love of God in them, invested into their, like their kids, it's amazing what God can do. So we live in a broken society. We live in a world that's messed up. But doesn't mean we got to stay that way. Doesn't mean, you say, can we fix everybody? Uh, we probably can't fix everybody, but we can sure heal the best we can, anybody we can get the influence on and, and touch their life with the love of God. Man, it's amazing grace. It's amazing grace. And, and only, only heaven will tell the true testimony. That only heaven will tell the true testimony of your faithfulness and your obedience. Only heaven will tell the true testimony. Now listen, only heaven will tell the true testimony of Darnell's uh, uh, influence in that family, a Hindu family, mind you. But they reached out to a Christian man, and they wanted a Christian man to talk to their son because they knew that he could influence him, or they at least had some confidence as Darnell says, I'd jack him up. Praise him. <laughs> <her. laughs> so, it worked. It worked. It helped that young man to get a grip and not be foolish and mess up his life. Because you don't know what choices could destroy a person's life and really get them off course. He might not even be a brain surgeon today. But he is because he got things together. You say, you can take it as far as you want. I'm just saying, a Christian man influenced the family and a young man, and they want him to be at that wedding and spend a few days with them because it, it wasn't a one-day thing. It was a few-day, four-day event. And they want him there because he had influence. And then when that young man saw him, Darnell, he's embraced him because he knew this man had an effect on his life and the choices that he made. Amen. So whether it's your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and that's a heritage, that's amazing just to have that. Or whether it's some young man in this church or somebody or in the community that you have an opportunity to reach out to, and there's lots of them. There's lots of them. And it would have meant the world of me, honestly, personally, if somebody had done that for me. It would have probably helped me in a lot of ways. I didn't have it. I didn't have a dad. My history, it's my life, but sure not the best. 
So what if somebody does? There were some men that reached out a little bit, but very little. But God. I said, but God. But God is a good God. And God, he stepped in and he took up the slack and he helped. Me and areas and other spiritual fathers have helped me over the years that have been great influence on my life, and I'm so grateful and eternally grateful. We'll never forget them and honor them every Father's Day. We remind them, thank you. Thank you for being who you are in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because they had an influence in my life that made a difference and still have an influence today that makes a difference. Thank God for fathers. Can anybody say God is a good God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, our teacher. Thank you, Father God, for growing us in your grace, knowledge, and understanding, helping us to be the fathers that we should be, or grandfathers, or great-grandfathers, or fathers to people that don't have a father. Wherever Things may be in our sphere of influence. Lord, we trust the Holy Spirit to help us to influence people for you, for God. And show them, Father, that you are a good dad, a good father. You're a good father. Where will we be without your goodness? Help us to gain hope, no matter what our situation may be, with our children or grandchildren, that there's hope in you. The future is still bright because the light of your word will shine into their heart to give the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we trust you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. To help each person in this room today, no matter what their past has been, to have hope for their future. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, heal the pain. Bring restoration in Jesus' name. And help us all to see how good you are. That you're a good, good father. You've been so good to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Gracious and kind. Just for a minute, I know time has lapsed. It's human experience, it's life. But just sing that song for me, please. I think we could all testify of God's goodness. Leave the shame behind. Leave the pain behind. We've all failed. But God's grace, His mercy, 
His loving kindness. You can sing it. God is a perfect God is perfect. People are imperfect. But he's perfect. Men may have failed you, but God never has. Fathers may have failed you, but God never has. God is a good father. He's a good daddy. And he's your father. He's your very own father. And be assured that when you give it all to him, he'll do whatever it takes to heal, to restore, fulfill your life. Because he's a good, good father. And he's perfect in all of his ways. And he'll never fail you. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the Spirit of God ministering grace to your people today in this room. Grace that covers grace, that heals, grace that restores, grace that gives hope, grace for the future. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive whatever they need. Because, Father, you know how to custom fit every sermon for each individual. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your grace in this place today to minister to each heart and every life.